Coming to you from the land down under, this is the Inbound Outbound Podcast. Your number one source for actionable sales and marketing interviews for small to medium-sized businesses. If you're a business owner or salesperson in need of a good laugh and some great information, this is the podcast for you. And now your host, James Wright. Hello, closers, and welcome to episode eight of Inbound Outbound, a sales and marketing podcast for business owners and sales professionals, providing you with tips and insights today to grow your revenue tomorrow. This week, we have a guest known for moving around a decimal point and his favorite color being orange, a cracking accountant and personal friend of mine, senior accountant at Westcourt Family Business Accountants, Adam Stanett. And you're laughing. I love it. Without fail, yes, Why? again. Why orange? <laughs> Why orange? It's the American jail system. Ah, right. Yeah, gotcha. Been, been Made the connection. Clever joke. Adam, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty great. How are you? I'm amazingly well, buddy. Amazingly yeah, well. Very excited today. I'm pumped. I've got one of my favorite people in the studio today. Yep, and we're talking accounting, which typically is an exciting it is subject. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong, hundred percent agree. I know it puts a lot of people to sleep. And we're going to go into the boring of boring subjects. Yep, tax accounting as well. My okay. personal favorite. <laughs> so, Adam, for those of us that don't know you, tell everyone about yourself. Yeah, cool. My journey to be an accountant was a little different. Obviously, started off at uni like you usually do. I, unfortunately, being a Kiwi, had to pay up front, so got a lovely stint at Macca's management to pay for that, so that was good fun, good time, so stayed there for, I think I was there for eight years before I finally managed to graduate mm -hmm. and uh, jumped across to Westcourt. Started out as a grad, worked my way up. Now I'm one of the senior advisors. I run a team of I think there's six of us on my team now. There's 19 in our office all in total now. We work pretty collaboratively and, yeah, as the firm's name suggests, we have a real focus on family businesses. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the cool thing I love about you, Adam, is you are the most loyal man I know. Like, literally, I change companies like I change undies. You stay in the same place the whole time. Yes. And that's actually unusual as well for accountants. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it definitely, there's a lot of change in that. Usually, it's guys who want to progress a bit quicker or they feel they're undervalued. COVID was not a great time for us accountants because the banks came a swooping and uh, basically took anyone with a couple of years experience who was a CA or a CPA and just, yeah, we'll give you six figures. You just have to do nine to five and everyone's, yeah, sweet. See ya. I'm a believer in uh, sticking around and uh, rewarding loyalty. So your journey was very much a case of you went through uni, right? And you were working full time and studying full time. Yeah. How much. did that go for you? Yeah, look, wasn't fun. Wouldn't say it was a great thing. It definitely taught me some harsh realities when I was first getting out. Like you have to persevere. Quite a lot of resilience being working in Mac. Is, you, know, you don't exactly see the greatest of humans at all times. Fair enough. And it just makes you ruthless with your time. So it's just like, all right, I'm at work for the next eight hours. Cool. Once I check out, I'm at uni. I need to study my ass off. I went back to do my master's and it was not Hex. I think it's Pell's afterwards, but uh, same sort of thing. Adam, I want to know, and the real reason why we got you on here is obviously have a few beers and a bit of a chat, but also I want to know all about what salespeople can do in terms of tax. So what do you see? What are the naughty things that you see? <laughs> what, I don't want yeah. specifics, but keeping it general, what are some things that, that salespeople could do better? And what are some things that you think they do well at? And what are things they absolutely are trash at? Oh, 
usually they're pretty trash at keeping receipts. No one likes to keep receipts. What everyone harps on about, you need a receipt, you need proof. People like old mate down at the pub who says, oh, no, just use your bank statements, all good. No. Fortunately, tax no. don't like that. They Top do. tip, I've got the now the Zero Expense app where I can take a photo, ditch the receipt, and it analyzes it, converts it into zero. Happy days. Oh, good. Oh, or bad. Good, good if you want to pay extra on your Zero. Oh, app. like five bucks a month, something yeah. like that. Or you could just have the Zero app and just take a photo and upload it to files. <laughs> There's a little bit more stuff for that for your account to do that. But if you're on a premium or a standard plan, there is an add-on product called Hubdocs that they purchased and you can use just use that. It does exactly the same thing. Okay. Um, yeah, a funny thing we usually see around sales reps a lot when we take on a new business. A personal favorite of mine usually is the uh, I'm claiming my haircuts and my suits. You can't do that. Why um, not? Clothing. Uh, clo- conventional clothing. Conventional. But I'm not a conventional closer. I <laughs> <laughs> might not be, but unfortunately, Taxman says no. Oh. Um, so if I can't claim my suit, you can't claim it. <laughs> uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles there. But a nice fun Beers one. down the pub? No. What do you mean no? Lunch? No. No. Lunch? What do you mean lunch? Fringe benefits? Yeah, you can claim yeah. it if you want to pay. Fringe, Fringe with benefits? benefits? Fringe with benefits, yeah. <laughs> no, see, when I say to all my clients in sales and that, I'm like, basically, if it's fun... The tax man says no. And if you want it to be deductible, you have to pay fringe benefits tax. And that just cancels out any sort of benefit. And it's also another return you have to do, which is an absolute pain in the ass. Because a lot of salespeople are basically contractors, right? Yeah. More or less. And a lot of us, bad ones anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) are on commission only. Yep. So they do have to operate very much like a small family business anyway. Do you see a lot of trust getting developed? In short... It shouldn't be because regardless of your structure, it doesn't really matter if you do that because you're going to be classed as basically what they call a personal service business and all the income is going to be attributable to you anyway. So you could do it if you wanted to, but I wouldn't recommend it. Usually with the sales guys, you are on comms and that, but you're still an employee. If it if you walk like a duck, look like a duck, talk like a You duck. are a duck. So when it comes to your sales reps, like if you've got the company email, they're giving you your phone. They're telling you what hours to work. You're an employee. Like it's a sham one. You personally won't get taken to town by the ATO. Your bosses will because basically the ATO, they don't care. They're still getting their money from you pretty easily, but they're more looking at everything you're missing out on if you do go into a contractor relationship. And that's interesting, right? So they're in a contract contractual relationship. Walks like a duck, smells like a duck, probably is a duck, something like that. That's what you said roughly, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'm listening. Then what I would like to know is then over a period of time, would that then still be seen as an FTE? Yeah. Full-time employee, basically? Yeah, yeah. So the way we, like most of the businesses we deal with in your real estate, a lot of their sales reps, all commission-based, we all treat them as employees. So they get paid everything through payroll, Payroll tax on them, all of that. That all still happens. Tax withheld, super paid. This is pretty interesting. So as a small business owner, because have got a lot of them listening, let's say I wanted to employ somebody on a contract, maybe a part-time contract for a certain period of time to see if they're any good or not. Yep. It's his only work. He's only working for me. We're paying him X amount of dollars. Is that seen as an FTE by the government, even though it's a short-term or is it just a means to an end before I put him on? 
full time? I would always recommend and pretty much everyone at the firm will always say just chuck them on payroll. It simplifies your life, covers you for everything and just makes everyone's life simple. If you try go down the it's a contractor route, if you're if they're coming in every week, same time or similar times, yeah. there's a regular pattern. <clears throat> ATO looks straight. That was something that. I had to be very, very careful with like a casual salespeople in retail. Yeah. You're not allowed to put them on at the same time every week just because it's convenient. You had to mess Move their lives around. around. It, I hated it. They hated Ooh. it. HR loved it. <laughs> yep. I've always done that. I've always put them on as a contractor no, first. Never. never. No, you yeah. got to move them around. Because it's B2B. It just makes my life easier with invoices. That's all. And then when they're okay, you're on board. And then I'll go through the grief of payroll, tax, super. So what are some of the weird stuff you've seen come through the books that, you know, you're just thinking, oh, my God, this is never going to get over? Oh, not for sales, guys. I have had a live coach one time. and A a what? Sorry, a live life coach. coach. Like business coaches, we don't like them. Except worse. (laughs) Except worse. They're just off with the fairies occasionally. So we had one, probably the best – deduction i saw them trying to claim was getting massages as r&d into possibly the benefits of incorporating that into a business offering i love it and when i press them for more details it's like that's probably cheeky that were were they training you and they're like no i just went there to see what it was like i'm like yeah look i don't think this is gonna happen i don't think it's a good idea and they're like oh can we i'm like Look, it's probably not worth the audit risk for you. It's look, we claim it, you get a deduction for a couple hundred bucks. ATO knocks it back, they're gonna hit you with under two hundred percent penalty. It's like there's no point. And that's what you do, right? Is you're basically you're giving someone free rate and it's your advice going, look, you can do that, but this is the consequences of your oh, actions. A hundred percent. That's the lovely little uh, disclaimer bit you sign from your accountant every time. It's basically it's us trying to sign away basically all the risk going, all right, this is what you've told us. We're acting in good faith and assuming you're doing the right thing and you've told us the truth. If you haven't told us the truth, well, you can't come at us. Is that just plausible deniability there? Oh, look, <laughs> you've got to have a bit of that. You've got to have a little yeah, bit. Yeah. If you're yeah. chartered or CPA, yeah, yeah. like it. Like we're all care, no risk. Yeah. Like we're very risk adverse as a profession in general. Generally, I say that because, you know, there's a few bad eggs out there that we... There's always a one percenter. Oh, yeah, there always is. And we have a industry uh, subscription. CA sends one out, I think, once every two, three months. And all I ever go to is, like, the reprimands. Is that on the back page? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Straight to the back, I'm like, who's got in trouble? It's like the sports uh, page in trouble. Uh, it's like the sports pages for accountants. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith in trouble again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it gives their full name, where they're located, what they've been done for. And wow. It's like, oh, my God. Ooh. And, you, of course, you get the high-profile ones that go around, like, here, uh, was it M Squared or whatever it was a few years ago, and Subi when with the Taj on the Swan. Oh, yeah. yeah. Heard about that. Yeah, that was a pretty big one. We're just like, And what are they, What happens? Do they get a slap on the wrist or do they just say, okay, you can no longer practice? So with him, I'm pretty sure he got done in the courts anyway because full criminal conduct on him. So he got done. The banks went after him as well, I believe, because he was basically pressuring the clients and doing stuff. Pretty much, I don't think he's allowed to be registered as a CA or CPA or any, no one's going to touch the bloke. Yeah. There's no way. But yeah, you get reprimands. So people get fines. Like the fines aren't too much. Usually the civil fines are 10 times more, which is why they go the civil 
court case sort of route. So they get a massive fine through the civil courts. Your professional bodies fine you massively and then you'll get, uh, if you're a tax agent, you get barred from being a registered agent for a while. And then if you're like CACPA, they'll also bar you from holding membership. So not worth it at all, kids? Nah. Definitely no. not worth it. It's like you don't want to go uni for three years, then postgrad yeah. another three years, just save your client who's made Make sure your customer signs off everything. Yeah. So this is one that Adam, I really want to know. Are you CA, CPA? What's the difference? You're a CA. I am a CA. Oh, I know that that's accountant, CPA, CA. Yeah, yeah. We're Big uh, boys. specials. We're yeah. top notch if you believe what's out there. Yeah. Look, to be honest, there's good and bad in CA and CPA. I've got a couple of people in my office, they're CPAs. Fantastic accounts. Absolute guns. That's not what you're supposed to say. You're just worried they're going to listen to this, aren't you? <laughs> no, look, I like to totally like, hey, I don't like to be that guy. But I will say this, like at least our CEO didn't get shamed out of the profession for like, taking members' funds to advertise okay. That's more his like own it. sales That's book more and like bankroll his own TV show. That's all I'm saying. So what is the difference between the levels? What are the key differences? So if people looking for an accountant out there, and hey, mine's a CA, that's a CPA, or it's an accountant. What are the key levels and the key differences? Yeah, look, when you're going for an accountant, you want a CA or a CPA, just because we've got the three years postgrad. So it's three years practical experience plus we have to sit a stack of exams, which are not easy. Like we're basically doing that full time while working full time, and it's not a fun experience doing it. They just need to get done because if you want to get paid anything. Common misconception that accounts get paid well. Like you only get paid well as soon as you get your designation and then you go from there. So CA, CPA need to be both, either or really. That's the only way. Oh, you can do it another way to be a tax agent. You need to be a tax agent if you want to lodge returns properly, you get concessions. But really sort of if top tier, it's just an accountant who probably can talk. Okay. It's a good one. Like someone who's going to pick up the phone when you call them and you'll have a chat. I'd be good at that. <laughs> it's more proactive than reactive. You'd be like, hey, oh, do you want to go to lunch down the pub? Yeah, that's proactive. <laughs> Let's talk. Oh, 100%. I tell it's deductible. My, yeah. <laughs> I always tell my clients, I'm like, don't buy the lunch. Get someone else to buy you the lunch. Oh, I heard, that's such an accountant move. Of course it is. I heard a great one the other day. I heard, all right, rather than give your staff a, a bottle of scotch or whatever it is for doing a job well done, give them a gift card because that is tax deductible. Nah, the scotch is deductible as well. Oh. You just can't drink it together at the office or later at their place. So it is deductible. <laughs> I was told, okay, gift cards are the things Look, to get around it. Gift cards are the best. Just yeah. removes ambiguity around there. But if you want a reward with like at our firm, we get hampers at Christmas. So we'll get hampers and that. And we'll are you allowed it. to accept hampers? We are. I'm not. From customers? We are. So we're allowed to. We're supposed to keep a gift register. But effectively... <laughs> In reality, what actually happens, and it'll probably be across the board at all firms, is hampers come in, we just chuck it in the office break room, and it's a free-for-all. Nice. So we address okay. to a few people, and then just like, I don't want to fill out this register. It's too much of a pain in the ass. In the office kitchen it goes, and then we all just grab what we want. That's nice and easy. But yeah, no, we have to, depending on what it is, like, obviously, if someone went to give us a box or something, it'll be No. It's always the shortbread that's left. Nobody wants that and stuff. I love the shortbread. Nah, I I'm love a fan, that. mate. I go that oh, every time. Shortbread. I go that first. It's amazing oh, with black coffee. God. Hey, so I don't change the subject. <laughs> Let's get back to the shortbread. <laughs> coffee, wrong? black coffee, definitely shortbread. Uh, uh. All right. Oh. So if anybody wants to buy James and I, 
some You don't like shortbread, it'll just be me that smashes it. And yeah, have you not seen it? My nip, my... <laughs> no, I can't make that same joke again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can't be on recording making the same joke twice. All right. I want to talk about budgets. Yep. So small business marketing budgets. How do you get into this? I've heard many different things. A lot of different business owners have come to me, oh, Anthony, we don't have a budget. Okay, I've got this budget. I had one a couple of weeks ago say to me, okay, so any money I spend with you has to return three. Another one was, okay, we have to you know, budget our marketing budget and that is going to be 10% of no, the, that's the profit. Wrong. I tell you that. No, Anthony. All of no, this stuff. Like 10% of you profit. wouldn't believe what I've heard. <laughs> no, you wouldn't believe what no, I've heard. There would be nothing. <laughs> but, and I've heard others. Marketing's a lost leader because you're using, you need that marketing to get the leads, to get the customers. So out of those the gamut of sayings there, what's the right thing to do? Oof. Jeez. <laughs> that was a lot of look, questions in there. Yeah, geez. Reality is you got to spend within your means. Like the accountant's always going to go, look, if you can get a tangible benefit from it, do it. We always say review your review your marketing, review everything every 12 months. So if you've got a digital marketer, review their performance, get the reports, and get them to explain it to you. Like a lot of the issues we have with our small business owners is they just don't understand what the numbers What do we say, James? How often should a digital marketer be giving you reports? Weekly, daily. <laughs> <laughs> monthly, monthly people, monthly. <laughs> Weekly if there's grief. Monthly yeah. if everything's going yeah, so well. Again, like we always say, it's depending on how much you want to micromanage the situation, but I, do, I like them weekly, personally. Yeah, nah. we, okay, so when we work together, we talk daily. Yes. And you do... You didn't yeah, check in weekly. You, I would send oh, you more often. Preferential <laughs> treatment. I love yes. it. And but then monthly you do give me the reports. Yeah. But I don't really to most of you, I don't really read your reports because I already know the numbers because <laughs> we talk all the time. And you should I mean there should be having alerts as well in their digital marketing saying, Hey, you are going down the tube. I've had a few pop off this week. Yeah, so as a sales customers. manager talks to his digital manager, I would think a business owner should talk to their accountant. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So that's all good relationships with advisors. Should constantly be in communication, as I think Matt touched on a couple podcasts. Oh, ago. you're going back to oh, I like yeah. last episode. Yeah. Fan um, of the show, friend <laughs> of the show. Business owners need to know what's going on in their business. And you need to understand the numbers. Yeah. If you don't understand your numbers, one, you might be like, it's fine. You're probably financially illiterate. That's okay. Most of our business owners are that we deal with. Like you're great at running your business. Yep. You're not so great at the bookkeeping and accounting. I hate numbers. Which is fine because that's why you pay us accountants and you pay accountants like me a bit more because I'll explain it to you I and I'll it. help you understand and I'll educate I you. I don't pay anything to my accountant. That's why you get a shit accountant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like a little bit of like, same with your marketing. Invest a little bit more in a quality marketer. Invest a little bit more in a quality accountant and you're going to get more out of the relationship. What about salespeople? Mm. Sales guys, like, honestly, same as what you do. You get what you pay for. Okay, you good. I was, I was about to say, you're leaving me out of the loop, there. If you want to go cheap and nasty H&R block, don't be expecting much. Because STP. Yeah. STP. Allegedly. Same, yeah, like, <laughs> same thing. Like, you're middle of the mall. If you're getting your tax done there, don't be expecting too much from them. A sales rep, like, if you're punching, like, a very high salary, you should have a very good accountant. Because they'll be advising you on what you can and can't claim, educating you a bit, and then basically a little bit of advice around your career. Really, like, the end game and the end goal, 
as an employee should always be my tax return is as close to zero as humanly possible. Because that means basically you haven't been overtaxed throughout the year and you haven't been paying for stuff that work should be paying for. So we get a lot of sales guys chasing massive refunds and they're doing that by buying refund last year. You, you st- didn't do that because I was doing my last stack one. of stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't too legit. So it yeah, like, was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I remember our grades from accounting 100. Not great. But yeah, nah, to be fair, like we, we always advise our clients, like don't spend a buck to save 30 cents. Because that's in reality, if you're on, say you're on the top marginal tax, 47%, like you spend a buck. You save 47 cents on tax. Cool. You're still out of pocket, 53 cents. Do you really need that stuff? Yeah, okay. If the answer is yes, why isn't work paying for it? And you go down that line. Okay. That's really – oh, you've caught me off guard now because I had a whole – Okay, so what is the point, though? And this was the bit I wanted to get to when you mentioned HR block. For a lot of people that have very simple tax returns, yep. do they bother with you? I wouldn't. Like I don't recommend if you're a simple salary and wage guy and there's nothing crazy there, do you the don't ATR need online, you yeah. download the program. Do MyGov. Yeah. Just going through MyGov, do it yourself. It's very intuitive. If you wait till about the deadline, if you don't use a tax agent, 31 October, as long as you don't have investments or managed funds, you can generally do your return by the end of July and it's free because my fees, yes, they're tax deductible. But you're only getting cents on the dollar for it. And then that leads me to my next question. So then when, at what point would you say that they need someone like yourself? So like when you're starting to do some cool stuff. So if you've got investments, you've cool got stuff. an investment. Define that as an accountant. Trust. <sighs> yeah. If you actually start to operate out of structures, you're going to need us because it's going to be very hard otherwise. If you've got investments, so if you have a sizable share portfolio, investment portfolio, residential properties, I would say it's time to talk to an accountant because- we know what you can and can't claim, especially around rental properties now. The ATO changed the rules a couple of years back around when you purchase one, any secondhand assets in there, you can't actually claim anymore. Um, your depreciation reports are really good for that. But again, we get a lot of people come to us. They've never got one done. So that right there pretty much covers our fee for the next three, four years because the reports may be 500 bucks, but the deductions that come from that could be five, six grand a year. And stats, and I'm charging, depending on what it is, maybe 500 bucks for your return if you got a rental. So now we've classified what cool stuff is. Yeah. So at what point then would someone go, I need better advice and I need to have that high quality accountant? Yeah. So look, if you're, if you're earning six figures, you've got one rental, I would say you've got one rental property and you're looking to do more. It's all about your drive and your intentions. If you're, if your intentions are like, I want a 10 property portfolio, it's obviously going to be. Speak to an investment advisor because accounts, we can't give financial advice. Good times. But so you need a financial advisor. I feel much more comfortable with you giving me financial advice than some other financial advisors that I'm aware of. It's getting better just because they have the university requirements and doing CPD. Oh, it is. But nonetheless, I still can't give it financial advice, which is annoying. But instead, we do tax modeling and a few other things to model that out for you. So you come to me, say, look, I'm thinking about getting four or five investment properties. I've got a share portfolio of this. Can you forecast out my income now? I'm like, sure, no worries. I'll forecast out your income for the next year. I'll forecast what the tax liability is going to be. And then we'll look at a few strategies to ensure you pay the right amount of tax. 
So not too much, not too little. So my cryptocurrency wallet's worth negative fifteen hundred, and I only put two thousand in there. Yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. Just don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> look. Oh, and hot tip for everyone who's listening: the ATO does actually know you have crypto. They don't know what you have or what you've done, but they do know. So stop lying to your accountants when we ask you, "Do you have any crypto?" No, because I can. We can pull reports and we'll see it straight away. The ATO already knows. It flags it for us since oh. This person's had cryptocurrency. We don't know what it is, but we know they have it. And you just, ah. Okay. And that was a public service announcement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't do your accounts dirty. So what are some things then that you see from, and we're going to keep this, try and keep this on a small business owner perspective. <laughs> that covers both salespeople and the small business owner demographic that we're trying to be a part of. Yep. What then are some good things that you do see from small business owners in terms of practice? Best practice usually is like the ones that we've seen that excel and accelerate and grow their business quickly. They're the ones that are switched on, looking at their books constantly. They know the numbers. They know what they're doing. They actually have a plan in place. And not only just a plan for growth, but they also have an emergency parachute plan. Like they've gone and they've considered, right, if things turn to custard, how am I going to get out? What's the damage? Yeah. Those guys do really well because they're all about risk mitigation. And it's like, all right, cool. I'll do X, Y, and Z. I'm, I could possibly do this. And the ones that do really well also listen to us as the accounts like, but what happens if that one doesn't happen? What happens then? How do you get out? How much are you going to get burned? They're like, oh, I didn't really think of it, but I can probably do this and that. And you're like, okay, cool. No worries. Carry on then. So the guys who are actually actively involved in their books have cloud accounting mainly, love zero, reconcile their accounts regularly. So I'm talking like nothing crazy. Once a week's fine. Paid the extra five bucks for forecasting. Oh, look, depends how much you want. I know you're talking about the analytics yeah, plus. Yeah, yeah, analytics plus. So oh, I love you can, it. You can if you Not want. Not that I think it's any good, but. It's all right, but just their bare basic, bare bones analytics does a pretty good job. It's okay. And again, it's like one of those programs is only good as the data going in. If you've got shit data going in, it's pointless. If you're not raising your Hold invoices- Hold on, that's a very valid point. Adam, friend of the show, <laughs> <laughs> listens and obviously knows we're not about shit data going in. No, we no, are not we're about, about shit high data. quality data goes into your CRM, your LMS, your Excel spreadsheet- your zeros. What else is that? There's Myob. My Myob. Used to be Quicken. QBO now. QuickBooks oh, Online. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, there you go. So talk to us about that. So I'm a small business owner. I'm going into it or I might just be a contractor that I want it to do my baz because I'm working for a miner and I'm making a killing and I just want it to do what I need for me. So what would you choose in order of good to bad? Look. We always say zero first. We're a zero partner firm. Yeah, and a we rep that like, wants to come on the show. Huh? A rep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, they're bloody hard to pin down. We're, we're, we're fighting are, this. <laughs> oh, mate. Zero to like the worst. Like zero is a fantastic program. Don't get me wrong. Like really good. You can hook it up to the ATO so you can actually lodge your bass directly from your zero file. Fantastic. Great program. I feel like that's an accountant pickup line. Yeah, a little bit. But if we need support, hard to get a hold of. Like there is no number to call zero. You need to know who your relationship manager is if you're a partner, zero partner, and then you might have an email. Yeah, okay. So they're bloody hard to get a hold of. But program in itself, very good. Support, pretty handy. You've got a lot of – their help page is amazing. You literally, It's basically a bloody Google. 
they always get back to you within 24 hours, but it's always a, an email or a contact yeah. and they just say, hey, look at this article. Yeah, pretty much. And basically just go to help, type what your issue is. You're going to find probably three or four things. I always Google an issue if a client calls me up, hey, I've got this issue. I'm like, I've never seen this before. Let's do a quick Google. Someone on the community chat page has usually encountered yeah. it and it has the solution. You're like, oh, let's try this. Jump in the file, do a few things. You're like, okay, is it working? They're like, yeah, so I no used to be with Myob and literally you're on the phone for an hour before some support person answered. Oh, and they're just ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Their products, to be fair, if and those listening, if you've used Myob forever, yes. you can use QuickBooks and Zero because it's everything is basically modeled on Myob back in the day. Myob was like gold standard and then they just didn't innovate. That's it. They just yeah, they were the gold standard and they just like all technology, they didn't move fast enough. Making too much money. Zero saw a hole and took the champ. Yeah. Took the lead. Great Kiwi company. Yep. Uh, that uh, one. Good share price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually at the Zero Roadshow yesterday. A lovely accounting <laughs> nerd bit for us. But hey. Segue into it. Tell me more. What, oh, co- what goes Zero on? Zero Roadshow. Road- oh, Roadshow's not. Wow. Roadshow's not the cool one. They're the little small ones. So yeah, like, on. What goes on? We had like them just give us a couple of prezos, a few case studies, tell us what's all happening. We had a few app partners. No, no you're telling me the boring stuff. I want to know the good stuff. No, that that is the boring stuff for the Roadshow. <laughs> the cool stuff is this, is ZeroCon. Shit you not. They have oh, ZeroCon. <laughs> it's legit. So this year is the last year it's national. So it's going to, I think it's in Sydney. Yep. In, I want to say and you're September. Going. Oh, I'm going to try snag a spot. Yes. Wow. But yeah, over in Sydney. But after this, it's going to London. And the year after, it's going to LA. So you want to go to the LA one then? <laughs> Clearly. And I hope <laughs> it ties in really well with LA7s. That would be fantastic. That's rugby for people that, <laughs> that don't know. Can I apply interest to overdue accounts? No. They would just not let me do it. All the big ones have programmed then in. Why can't I add interest to overdue accounts? Can you just sort that out for me? Oh, look, I can chuck it on the suggestions page. Don't get me wrong. Like, we, if you think you've got that issue, you should see the things we suggest to make our lives easier. And then maybe four years later, we get something like, oh, we're going to do this now. We're like, you should have done this earlier. This just makes sense. Like, actually, one of the takeaways from Zero Rotro was they've updated their reporting templates and the way it looks. But I think it was December. So they're like, all right, we're cutting these old reports off 31 July this year. Well, like, okay, all right, cool. And we've all just been dragging our feet. So like, I don't want to re-template all these reports because it's a pain in the ass. So now at Christmas, they decide to release a new one so we can just import the old template into the new one. And like, oh, yeah, oh. we're really excited. And everyone's just like, you're forcing us off this old template. You should have done this already. I'm like... I was like, I'm no computer programmer. I was like, but I feel like this would have been a fairly easy thing to do and make a lot of stress disappear. Yeah. Sorry. There you go. Well, uh, then where I wanted to segue into this then is then you've got startup business. Someone has stumbled across the Inbound Outbound podcast to turbocharge their sales because that's exactly what you should be thinking about. And they've gone, oh my God, what if I make all these sales? And then what do I do next? So how would you set someone someone up for success from scratch? Look, the good thing about being in sales, like a sales and marketing one, generally you don't have too many assets, like tangible assets. Like usually it's all just IP and it's just your personal branding. So 
I always say, don't overcomplicate things. Don't go like a lot of people. I did a program with CA down at Space Cubed helping out startups. And a lot of them were trying to set up in PTYs. And I was like, why are you doing this? Oh, I heard it was a really good way. I'm like, well, you're going to burn like 1200 bucks setting it up. You've got massive compliance costs every year. I'm like, what are you actually doing? That's how I mean, oh, I'm a HR consultant. I'm a management consultant. I'm an engineering consultant. I'm like, you could just do this person. Oh, but what about the risk? I'm like, if you do something dumb in a PTY, you can still have your personal assets taken anyway. So just go personal now while you're only got 100, 200K in sales. So you may be netting 80, 90 grand profit. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're very lucky, just insure yourself properly and you're golden. You know, when you start punching up and your taxable income gets up to maybe 250, 300K, all right, let's talk about restructuring into another vehicle like a trust or a PTY then because you've actually got the income and to actually make it worthwhile. Because up to that 200 mark, not really much benefit in a PTY structure after that. And then also depending on who your clients are, if you're basically getting all your money, 80% of your money from one client, corporate structure is not going to work anyway. It's all going to be attributed to you. So there's no point, like just keep costs low, Start as a sole trader, get insured properly, get yourself a good accountant when you start punching up to the three, 400K turnover mark and that because you're probably going to need some advice by then and then restructure out from there. That's a top tip. That's a cracking yeah. top tip. I didn't know that either. In terms of then, so as a salesperson, I, I've built a team up around me over the years. As an accountant, what sort of thing, who do you put around you as part of your personal team? Yep. So obviously, I'm guessing you mean... Like the networking, because obviously team, I don't get to pick the team all the time. No, I have a bit, <laughs> I, <laughs> no. Like I, I have a bit of input because, you know, thankfully the bosses put a bit of trust in us seniors. So we do a bit of an interview usually first, good old pub test, because if we don't like you, we're not bringing you in to wreck our culture. But like attracts like. So, you know, the boss, the partners at my firm have always said attracts like. You want to be surrounded by people you like. So we surround ourselves with other professionals that we just think are good humans and good people. So our firms, we're not affiliated with, well, we're fully independent, so we don't take kickbacks and that for referring around. We pretty much just refer our clients to either other clients that we really like or our friends that we really like. But it's always, hey, here's a few people we like and know. You choose, up to you. Like, we're not getting anything from this. Have a chat to these people. They're great people. So... Yeah, a lot of it's come from our own personal network. So we deal a lot with a couple of our partners, mates, essentially, from hockey. So we've got insurance brokers. Then we've got clients that I'm pretty close with, got great relationships. We've got a couple AFG brokers of the years as clients, as finance brokers, which is fantastic. When someone's, oh, I'm refinancing, my bank wants this and that. And we're like, you don't need that. How about you have a chat to this guy Fair. and get it through? So we're all about like, people who aren't going to rip people off and look at the bigger picture. We always work collaboratively. If you've got a lawyer that you love, no worries, we'll work with them. If you really like your financial advisor, no worries, we'll work with them. Mm-hmm. And that, the tougher ones, relationships we have with clients is when they're like, they compartmentalize things and just like, all right, we can't help you because we don't have the whole picture. Yeah. But yeah, we just, if we can have a beer with you, that's how I like to build my teams. If I like you as a person, great. Because you can't really train culture into people. I was like, if I don't and like And that you, carries through, doesn't it? It carries through for every business. If like, you- I can teach you skills. I can teach you how to do things. I was like, but if you're a terrible human, I can't change that unless you want to change it. And 
you're going to cause so much more damage than maybe a nupty crowd who just says something silly and you're just like, oh. I've done, I've gone into businesses and done some digital strategies where you look at the whole business from front to back and you say, this is how, you know, we can change the process and maybe digitize it and save yourself a few FTE, which is terrible, but it's going to save you X amount of money. And some of them are just toxic cultures because they've just employed maybe the cheapest people, maybe the wrong people. And I can't even begin to tell you the people that I've come across. It is phenomenal. Yeah, sometimes you get them and it's just, we've got a few clients in HR as well. And so we, as accountants, generally not the most sociable or emotionally intelligent people go around. We get a bit of training. I think you're being that. a bit harsh on yourself there. <laughs> I said generally, not me, oh, mate. Oh, okay. I'm All fully right. self-aware, mate. I'm great at the pub. You're mate. the exception, not the rules. And that's a really good point, right? So network. Accountant is an accountant until they're not just an accountant. How do you guys differentiate yourselves in the marketplace? Oh, look, it's quite simple. You can actually just pick up the phone and call us and we will talk to you. Our differentiator is we don't do timesheets, so you're not going to get a little awesome. one unit of six minutes phone call to James or Anthony here. It's just, here's my FPA, like I'll quote you up, whatever it's going to be. That's the price within scope. Love a good uh, variation because it's out of scope. And yeah, because we haven't done timesheets for ages. You guys don't like filling them out either, so. No, hell no. It was the bane of my existence. Like, I've spoken to recruiters before. They're like, oh, yeah, this place is really good. They're offering that. And I'm like, do they do timesheets? I'm like, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, sorry. I was like, I'm not going back to that. I was like, it's such a pain. Like, everyone's like, oh, but it's really good for tracking and efficiency. I'm like, no, it's good. At, it's good, know, it's good for the owner of that business. I'm like, it's good for burning about an hour of my day trying to figure out what the hell I've been doing with my scrap of paper going, yeah, I was on this job. Then, oh, someone came and interrupted me. Then I was on that. But for me, being a consumer, there are some good accountants yep. and there are some ordinary accountants. And what's our measurement of it? I think everybody's measurement is how good is my return? Yep. That's and- it. Oh, 100%. A lot of, and they're the clients that we don't want. So we're very picky with our clients. So we have a no dickhead policy. So if you're a dickhead and you're difficult, we either say no thank you we to have the engagement. Exact same policy. We do have yeah. the same policy. Yeah. Or on a cat, it's either we don't engage with them, or if we do, we just try to outprice them. And then on the very rare occasion someone accepts it, we're just like, oh, okay. But we've priced you where it's slightly palatable. The grief is palatable. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, all right, didn't want you actually to accept this, but okay, I can accept this because the amount of time that I'm going to lose with queries, I'm like, I'm still going to make a little bit of profit on this. Well, where you want to get you to go is like, how does West Courts differentiate themselves? Because obviously you got your big four. Yep. Then you got everybody else. How do you guys go, this is what we stand for, this is who we are, and how do you get that out to the marketplace? Yeah. As the name says, family business, that's what we do. That's what we're all about. We're all about intergenerational businesses. We're not about a one-off engagement. We're all about developing deep relationships and long-lasting ones. So I think one of the firm's clients has been with us for, I want to say, close to the entirety of the firm. So I think they've been there for maybe 22, 23 years as a client. We've been going for 25 We've got another one that's been on for, I think, 15 or 16. So we're all about- So it's longevity, longevity. and Long-term. it's word of mouth, mostly. Yeah, intergenerational. So we're not going to burn, say, the kids. There's a classic example of accounts will be, 
look, I'm going to look after mum and dad. I'm going to tell them exactly, I'm going to do exactly what they say. I'm going to burn the kids. All well and good, except the issue is when it comes to transition time, when they're retiring and the kids are getting the keys to the castle, it's all of a sudden, see you later, you've treated me poorly. Whereas typically that's what it's like, very transactional, very I'm going to do what you say, whereas we're more or less holistic view. We want the best for the entire family. We're going to look at you holistically. We're going on a journey. We're a partner with you and we're going to support you in every which way we can. And where that's, we can do it. And we've said to clients, well, look, we can't do this, but these guys can and we'll just refer around. That is way too warm and fuzzy for the show. (laughs) (laughs) So how do accountants prospect? Oh. Yeah. Look. What do you guys do for your sales and marketing? Give me the gamut from- Our our marketing is usually pretty bad. Like it's accountants where it's just freaking pretty much just your LinkedIn- getting on committees, getting on boards, doing stuff like that, getting out and about. So a lot of community work. Yeah, getting community out of the community. Yep, community outreach and doing that. Like Business the- networking, dare I say. I oh, know. It feels like it. Oh, look, I hate business networking. Like <laughs> a lot of the ones like, to be fair, like when you're a chartered accountant, a lot of the ones that CA organize are just with other accounts and you go to two or three of them and you're like, I am sick of talking to accountants. No yeah. business networking. Oh, no, you've got to – so I always like to go out and about to ones where – get out into industry ones. So I do – there is one that I go to – I try to get to as much as I can. So I go to Young Professionals Perth, and that gets you all your white-collar professions. Are you young anymore? Not really, but I <laughs> – no, you said that. Hey, hey, hey. I shaved this beard, man. I look about 18. It's fine. Nah, so that was one of the ones I like to hit because you get like insurance guys, yeah, That's lawyers, done. That's in the past. Finance, What's next? Another one. And now it's just getting into programs with CA and that. So I've done one where- But you can actually prospect in these networking yeah. events. Yeah, you can talk and that because it's all about, I think James knows Ron Gibson- He's okay. Like probably the biggest thing I took from him was when you network, do it with purpose, but go to make friends, go make friends. That was, yeah, that's something we've spoken about heaps. So one of my biggest probably failures in networking was that I was always there with a pitch. I wouldn't like, it wouldn't be right out there, but mm. my God, time is money. Yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to make comms this month. And that was probably the biggest thing. And rather than going, Hey, like probably the best bit of networking I've ever done is meeting this guy. Point to Anthony for those that are listening. And that's and like I, I say it, this is about the fifth time I think now on this podcast, is that I fired 35 fucking digital marketers. And then I find one after, after it's all said and done. But then but then now he's part of my team. And I literally walk into negotiations and contracts and go, I you are at least getting a proposal from him because he makes a difference. And that's cool. But it's all that sort of longevity thought process when it comes to networking. Otherwise, you, it's, oh, I hate it. It's a horrible game. Oh, yeah. And I, business I networking, it. we talked about this. And I often said, tell this story that year one, I was like, okay, business networking cost me $2,000 a year. Therefore, I must see that return. Year one, pitching myself, yeah, we're great. Nothing. And whether it was just people, trust is a big thing in all business networking. So whether or not you're just building that trust in year one, year two, I was going to, and for some reason I kept on going, I'm like, stuff it. I'm just going to tell people what they can do themselves. So you're going to come to the experts, like an accountant, digital marketer, sales guys, to really nut down if you want to go to the next level. 
But I was like, hey, have you done Google My Business? Have you done Google Local? And I think from giving those tips, because I just, I was like, oh, I'm just going to tell you what you can do yourself. I started to make money from not talking about me anymore, but talking about what they can do in addition to that trust factor. And it just exploded. Yeah, you just got to, yeah, we've got a lady who does the warm and fuzzy training for us. And she's always, people always looking for anchors and hooks. You've got to give up a little bit of yourself to get something in return. So give it all away. Give it away. Have chats and that. It's like within reason, like just throw a few vague things out. Like they could probably find it if they Googled it already. And that no worries. Like I'm happy with that. Like I'm happy to take a phone call with anyone, coffee meeting, all good. I'll chat. And if it's not for me and it's not going to be a good relationship or that there's no value proposition for me to help you out, I'll just say it then and there. Like I've gone to prospects and we've caught up and I looked at them and I'm like, look, for what I'm going to charge you for this, it's not going to be worth it. it. Like how about you go and do X, Y, and Z, come talk to me when you maybe hit this sort of level and then I can definitely help. I was like, because right now I was like, I know you've got no money and I'm about to take whatever you have and I don't know if you're going to get anything back from it. But yeah, that's the way I see networking. My biggest thing probably is with CA and that just as an accountant, get involved with all the community programs and outreach cited. So you do a lot of that as well, don't you? I have started to in the last few years. So it's a good way to reach people you wouldn't normally decide on a whim last year to sign up for a bunch of the programs CA ran. So I did CA in residence, which basically meant I got to work out a space cubed on the terrace. Very cool. For three months. So that was pretty fun. Didn't get any business out of it, but got some really good connections inside. So I'm really good friends with a couple of guys down there. Still go for a coffee? Still go for a pint at happy hour. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I will go to the Coffee Connects, but I'm mainly there for Thursday or Friday happy hours. Yep. yep. And yeah, I just chat to the members there just because I was literally that program saying, Res, I spoke to the bloke and I was like, are we basically just glorified marketing right now? Like just people. Yes. And they're nothing like, wrong with being yes. glorified marketing, by the way. Oh, nothing wrong. So that's all I was just pure brand awareness raising. There you, there you go. great. Top tip. So I often say to my people who ring me, I'm just happy. You don't have to go with me. I'm just happy to give you advice to point you in the right direction to make sure that you don't get ripped off or they're telling you the right thing. Love your business. If not, happy to help you out. Yeah, exactly. We do that when we're looking at cash and we get disgruntled client, like potential clients who are disgruntled with the current one and they're looking for a reason to leave and they're like, look, can you just look over? We're like, yes, no worries. And we're not the type of firm that will go and find something or manufacture something. If they're legitimately good, we're like, look, they're doing all the right things. Is there anything else that's bothering you? And they're like, look, they don't talk to me. It's like, all right, have you spoken to them? Have you rung them? Like, no. Have you emailed them? No. It's a two-way street here. So important. Communication is big. It's all about your follow-up and follow-through. That's it. Top tip. Top tip. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the weekly same one but it's so true i should actually get that tattooed on me to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trademarked D- something something yeah, i can put it through ip australia or something yeah <laughs> i can sort it out for you mate i bet you could adam i don't want to take up too much more of your time so briefly tell people who want to find you how do they find you where are you located so our office is on Row Street, 116 to 120, I think is what it pops up in Google. For those of you who aren't too familiar or are, basically the back of Paramount nightclub where they set up Ice Cream Factory, the SAE building, we're in that building. So Johnny Fox's 
walk towards the train line. We're there. Um, otherwise, good old Paramount. Yeah, good old Paramount. Good oh, times. Oh my god, <laughs> could do a whole other podcast on that. One. <laughs> Bit more PG rated. Wilson Car Park's also there, out front of our building. Otherwise, yeah, if you just Google Westcourt Family Business Accountants, pop up straight away. LinkedIn, everything. Now, Adam, before you go, one last question: Will you be the accountant for inbound outbound? We pay diddly squat because we make squat. <laughs> oh, you know me, I'm all, of love. I'm all about the beer economy. <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> yeah. So now mentioning that, what we'd love to do is we'd love to have your quarterly review on all things accounting Oof. moving forward. Yeah. Keen. Trends. Love it. We want to know trends. trends. Yeah. Market trends. Yeah. It might be one of our short, sharp little numbers. And if you can't come love in, it. all good. We can always do the dialing like we've done before. But yeah, I think that would be lots of fun. Sounds perfect. All right. Amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that was better than your normal tax noise chat. I feel like we've done it justice. But if you do have any questions, queries or concerns, guys, start using those socials. Reach out to us on the Instagram. Reach out to us on Facebook. Facebook? I don't mind a little bit of TikTok. Oh. <laughs> just have a burner phone. I'll be on Instagram, Facebook, just quietly. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we are going to let Michael take it away. Thanks for listening to the Inbound Outbound podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share with a friend and leave a rating and a review. We'll see you next time on the Inbound Outbound podcast.